You know what? As Coach Flood used to say, our Rutgers football team was like Mercedes-Benz. We're the best or nothing. You can also say that about this podcast, right, David? Hell yeah. Let's roll. You're listening to the Double A Balls Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Romanella. It is absolutely popping off. Do you know what we call that sometimes? Dick High Fun Balls. And Anthony Rinaldi. I'm going to say something crazy. How about being like a dog? Oh, at the buzzer. Oh, he missed it. Oh, OT. The show starts now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Rinaldi. I sent Andrew north of the border on assignment to try to get us some of those Canadian followers. You know what I'm saying? But don't worry, folks. Alongside me, we have special co-host, Big Ten alum, Number 98 in your playbooks, number one in your hearts, Rutgers finest, David Bonagora. How are you, buddy? I'm good, Ann. How you doing, brother? Living the dream. Living the dream, Dave. Let's, let's pay some bills first, get that out of the way. I want to remind the people, head over, digmenation.com, get your official DigMe gear. The guy in the tie, Double A Balls, is the official sports podcast. You can find his clothing in Bloomingdale's. Tillies and a small little operation called Lids. And folks, use the promo code DIGTHEDAB18 and receive 30% off your purchase at digmunation.com. And I say that once, twice, three times a charm. You can use it whenever you like, folks. The holidays are coming. Hook your family up with the proper gear. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. Social Media Blitz. D-A-A-B Podcast on both. Check us out on our website, DAABpodcast.com. You can subscribe to our email so you get every episode. Whenever it comes out, you can get the latest info on the gear. My man Andrew just set up a whole new website where you can get official DAB gear. You saw it on my man from the Oakland Athletes, number one draft pick. He's rocking the gear, the DAB gear. It's it's coming full circle, everybody. So let me give you a quick rundown today. We're going to talk a little dress rehearsal. That's right, folks. Preseason, week three, in the books, NFL. Right around the corner. I want to ask David, Mr. Big Ten over here, ask him about the nonsense going on with all the Big Ten schools becoming all scandalous. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State. His own Rutgers has a scandal going on right now. And maybe if if we're lucky, we'll dive into the MLB. I'm hot right now with my New York Yankees. But let's dive right into it, David. We got you on the podcast. I've been wanting to interview you for the longest time because, hell, this is a sports podcast and you play D1 sports. But let's take them back. Let's take them way back, brother. December 8th, 2012. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. Tell me, you're laughing. Why are you laughing? Man, it was, that, was, that was a time. That was, that was a fun time in, in high school football for me, man. North one, group three, state championship game. You know, we had, we had the game. We, we were losing the game in the beginning. We started at the halftime. You should admit, it was it was like a movie. The coaches weren't involved. It was all all the teammates. Players only meeting, huh? Man, we came together. It was like I said, something from a movie. We all just were there for each other. We were losing bad, and and we were all there. And it was just we got to get this done. And we came out, and you know, the rest is history. Let's, let me 
and for the folks that don't know, my man on the couch to my left here buries, and I mean buried, a 48-yard field goal. Was that for the win? That was for the win. That, a walk-off? Or no, right, there was a few plays, right? Three seconds left. Three seconds left. I'll call that a walk-off. And I believe one of the announcers, not one of the announcers, one of the, one of the highlight guys, he's quoted as calling you Sasquatch. <laughs> this is Bigfoot Bonagora. It's a lot to live up to, man, going to Rutgers now. I mean, that's Big Ten football right there. That's some big boys. Now, you, you describe, can you describe to me going from, you know, we're small town, kind of, you know, North Jersey sports. I mean, we're, it's big. A lot of football talent comes out this way. But you told me, so, you said something funny early in our little, our little pre-show cast. You talked about how you describe Sparta. Can you describe Sparta and then kind of describe to me some of the Big Ten guys that you saw going to college? So... For those you don't know, Sparta is like a farm town. I mean, these boys are pushing plows since they're six. <laughs> they're like, they don't throwing, need to Throwing that weight around, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're doing field work. That's... And they were big. I mean, when I was in high school, they were big dudes. They were the biggest dudes I've ever seen. Their linemen were just massive. You know, it was like Hercules, trying to run through Hercules. It was bad. It was crazy. But, you know, the second I got to Rutgers, I mean, I remember my boy Sebastian Joseph uh, he was, I, I, I walked in and sat next to him in the team meeting, and I was looking, I was like, this is someone's father. And you're no small, I mean, you're what, 6'1", 250? 6 foot, 250. There you go. I mean, listen, that's a bet. And you're a kicker. What a waste, dude. <laughs> Told him for years, folks. Should have been a tight end. Got great hands. Was a soccer goalie back in high school before he converted to football. Yeah. Would have made a nice transition. But hey, when you can kick a football 40, you know, 50 plus yards through those, those little yellow uprights, a lot of good things are going to happen. All right. So we can't not bring up controversy when we talk Big Ten sports. I kind of gave you a quick rundown. Obviously, you know, we'll break down. the. I'll get your insight on the OSU's nonsense. I also want to kind of ask you a little bit about the tragedy at Maryland because, you know, you've witnessed, you've been in one of these two-a-day practices all day in the summer, 100-degree heat, working your tail off, probably vomiting in the corner. <laughs> but first, let's... Let's discuss what happened with, with, with Coach Flood, right? Because you, you had quite a few coaches go through your, your college career, didn't you? Yeah. I had two head coaches. I had Coach Flood when I first got there, and then I finished off with Coach Ash. You know, when Coach Flood was an interesting time, it was, you know, there was um, a lot going around that he was a great players coach. Some people were saying he was too nice. He wasn't much, so much of a hard ass as a, as a college coach should be. You know, um, and you know, uh, the time when he would—he was such—he was so much of a player's coach. These guys were failing drug tests; they were doing bad things off the Taking field. Taking advantage of the coach, and he was doing nothing about it because these guys were making plays. That's it. It's as simple as that. You know that, David. Come on now. NCAA is so crooked. Pro sports. Listen, if 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 you could play, doesn't matter what you do on the sidelines. They're they're going to kind of turn a blind eye to it. It's it's a sad state, but listen. It is what it is. You can't really, you can't really fight it. So you went from that to Coach Ash. Yes, I believe he's a Ohio State, right? In, yes. in that coaching tree, that Urban Meyer coaching tree, that interesting tree now that has some interesting limbs. But yeah. go ahead, describe to me a little bit of Coach Ash, because I know, I know you kind of, like I say, when when you transition from one coach to the next in high school and college sports, you're kind of like. In, in, in a little area limbo, you're not really sure what's going on. How you how, is this coach going to like you? Are you playing for your job? You know, so kind of kind of walk me through your final years there with Coach uh, Ash. So when Coach Ash first got there, I mean, I remember I was I was home. I was here in North Jersey, and 
got the text from player development guy saying, hey, listen, the head coach wants to address the team. And I drove down to that day and drove back the same day because I want to meet this guy. He's my head coach. I want to know who he is. And um, he, was, he, was, he seemed like a, a, it was a good guy. You know, he knew his stuff about football. He talked more football than he did about coach, with, coach, with Coach Flood. He, you know, was more in tune with trying to get to know who we were. And even though, to him, we were all pretty much first-year players because he didn't know who we were. Where Coach Flood, he just did the whole stand-up, state your name, where you're from, and something no one knows about you. I mean, I could have said my name, and that's no one knows about me. But with Coach Ash, you know, he really got, he wanted us all to come into his office and meet him formally. Coach Ash seemed like one of these football lifers. Like, once he's in the building, that's it. I mean, he's there, he's there 5 a.m., probably leaving 7 p.m., 8 p.m., you know, probably even later. He seems to me like he eats, breathes, and sleeps football. And that kind of, you know, he kind of wants to see that from his players. And I only ask you that because, you know, you go to college as a student athlete, as I air quote that for all our listeners. You know, like, d- describe to me kind of how your, your, your typical day was. Because I, cu- I couldn't imagine. Listen, I went to college. I went to Penn State. We are. And I mean, listen. Yeah, did I go to class? Sure. If my parents are listening, I went to class. But I mean, I couldn't imagine trying to balance being a college athlete and then going to school, doing all the work. I mean, so, so just kind of give me a little insight as to what you, because listen, I know football, college football players had the life at Penn State. I'm sure it's the same thing at Rutgers. You guys were the king of the hill. You bring in all the money. You bring in all the accolades. So describe to me quickly, if you could, Dave, what it was like on a typical Monday morning practice from, you know, soup to nuts. Give me the whole rundown of the day. Uh, we'd have to be in the building no later than 7.15. If you were, you were running sprints after practice. Mm. No one wants to run sprints no after practice. No one wants to do that, especially when you got to lift in the middle of the day. So all our classes were pushed. Our, our earliest class was able to be uh, 1.40 in the afternoon because everything from 7 o'clock till 12.30 was all football. You go in there and you got to either get a quick lift in or you're meeting. And it was offense and defense switched every other day. So when one's lifting, you know, the other group is meeting, and the next day it's the opposite. After that, we have a special, we have a, we have a team meeting. The whole team is there, it's about 15 minutes, just the coach, head coach kind of giving what he wants done, done during the day, what the practice, the practice face, all that. Then we go to a special team meeting, it's about a half an hour, 45 minutes long, usually an hour, because in, in football, there's no time limit. You can practice, they say two hours a day, it's usually about four and a half hours a day. Now, this after special teams meeting, we go over to the, the offense and defense where the kickers, we all went to the locker room and played a game of horse with a soccer ball. Of course the kickers don't do anything hard to practice. Come on, David. So after and you can that, tell me, you're, you're tired, you're alumni. <laughs> Spill the beans. Now, it's, it's, I, I, I always wondered what, what kickers kind of did in practice, but listen, you guys have a very important role. You're loved or hated. Yeah, it takes you know, one kick for the whole, hell, the whole stadium to hate you. It takes one kick. That's it. And, you know, I, I lived it. I was there in the heat of it at, uh, when I was at Rutgers, when I was playing my junior year. And, um, you know, at practice, we really didn't do much. We had about, you know, we didn't want to overkick our leg because kicking is, is a, weird, it's a weird motion. It's, yeah, it's not normal for your leg to no. be going backwards, forwards, kicking a weighted object. You know, yeah, I mean, listen, there's a lot of mechanics. I know you work diligently on that, and I was always impressed with it, the way you pounded that fucking pigskin. But it, David, scandal, scandal, scandal. It's all over the Big Ten. I mean, it's almost an embarrassment to call myself a Big Ten, you know, fan 
I mean, I lived, I went through the Sandusky nonsense at Penn State. We just saw Urban Meyer receive a three-game slap on the wrist suspension for his lack of, you know, I guess involvement in the allegations of domestic violence. Unfortunately, a Maryland uh, student athlete lost his life due to, we'll say, gross negligence. There's a lot going on. Rutgers, your, your alma mater is involved right now in a credit card scandal, I believe. David, mm-hmm. please tell me, please tell me you're not involved because then the podcast will be in trouble. It's a lot of paperwork. I don't want to fill it out. I am not involved. All right, <laughs> but please, let, I mean, if you could, I mean, do you know what kind of who the players? Yeah, no, you have to name names. Obviously, things are still going on. I don't want to get too into it, but if you could, uh, just kind of get, tell the people real quick, you know, what the, what the whole scandal is, really. I knew, you know, eight guys are in trouble right now. And I knew seven of them. One guy transferred in when I, when I was leaving that spring. He transferred in, so I didn't know him very well. But I knew seven of the eight guys. And seven of the eight guys I've had, you know, full-on conversations with. I've driven t- to, to class. I've driven them back to their houses on College Ave, off campus. You know, I've, I've had full-blown conversations and hung out with these guys on the weekends. You know, most of them. And it's kind of crazy. Your friends, you're in the, listen, you're in the locker room. They're your boys. Yeah, they're your brothers. You know, yeah, you. I mean, listen. Did did you think? Did you know? Like going to class, them going out to the to the bars after practice, after the game. Did you know these guys were ripping people off? I mean, honestly, the whole thing with the credit card thing. It's it was only a three month thing that they did this with. You know, well, listen, eventually pretty, someone's gonna catch up. But you know what? Who's to say it didn't happen beforehand? And you're yeah. right. You know, I, I we could have gone to the bars and they were ripping somebody off, and I had no idea. You had no idea. Wow. I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know how you feel. I mean, you obviously, I don't know if you've ever met Urban Meyer face-to-face. I don't know if you had a chance to shake hands, obviously, when, when the game's over. Uh, you guys cross, you know, you guys get to go over say, say say your pieces to their players, other coaches, what have you. But, I mean, to give this man a three-game suspension, I mean, yeah, domestic violence, there's, obviously, it should be zero tolerance. You know, the NFL danced around it. Obviously, you know this very well. Your alum, Ray Rice, He's a, he's a living testament. Never, you know, put your hands on a woman because you lose your, you know, lost his career. Yeah. Yes, he was at the tail end of it, but you know, ain't nobody calling him anymore because of that scandal. So you, so you know, so what say you, David, about this three-game suspension? Do you think it was fair? Do you think you know she should have been fired? Like, you know, how do you, you know, as going as a player, if your coach was going through something like this, like how do you, how do you back your coach or do you back your coach? Do you kind of? Do your own thing. Like, how does, how do, like, what kind of mentality do you have to have as a player after something like this? I mean, I'm sure it all depends on the guy. You know, there are going to be some guys who, who are like, coach, you were, you were totally negligent. You should have done something better about it. You know, and then there are other guys who, you know, they're there to win. They're there to, they're there to make it to the NFL. You know, and unfortunately, some of them, they, they don't care about anything but football. So, you know, they, they're back in their coach. I'm sure they are. You know, I mean, um, like I said, I, I couldn't tell you what, I, what my reaction would be because I've never been in that situation. But I just, I'm, I'm one person that just cannot stand for, you know, any type of domestic abuse at all. You know, I just, that's just not in, in, my, in my brain. I, I can't stand for it. I'm sure you can't either. And, you know, it just blows my mind. I think either it's, three games is nothing. No, no, it's, it's, and then you know what? I'm sure he knew something more about it because if this is his coach, I mean, Coach Ash met with all his coaches 
every day for at least three hours. He had, if he, Irvin Meyer didn't know more about what was going on, then that man is not as smart as we all think he is. <clears throat> Listen, I think the reason he got in trouble was merely because he lied at Big Ten Media Day. He knew exactly what happened in 20, he knew about 2009 and 2015. And when his AD, Gene Smith, brought it up to him and said, hey, this dude, Zach Smith, has uh, allegations of domestic violence. Do you know anything about this? He said he told him no. And then he brought, they brought up the chain of command. They did what they're supposed to. And, I mean, I think in the back of, I mean, everybody knew what was going on. Courtney Smith was texting Shelly uh, Meyer, his wife. His wife knew. Don't think, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure I know everything goes on with my, my wife, what she's doing. She knows what's going on with my, with my life. So it's, I find it hard to believe that he didn't know his wife was telling him about allegations of domestic violence. But listen, we can rap about this all day long. I don't want to harp about it. OSU, lucky for Rutgers, their head coach will be off the, off the, uh, off the grid. Game, come game to it. You got a fighting chance there, David. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I should have been a little bit more uh, kind with the, with the line. Maybe Ohio State only plus 55. Not a smooth hundy. But I, the first time I, I heard about this unfortunate death in Maryland, I texted you right away. And I said, David, I said, you played Division I college sports, football to be exact, the same sport this young fellow was playing when he could, when he'd lost his life. And you brought up a great, you, you kind of defended Rutgers, obviously. You said that you had plenty of supervision and, and help when you needed it. Absolutely. But kind of... Kind of explain to me what, what, what you would do differently at a practice, like what you saw at practices. Obviously, Coach Ash seems to have his head on straight. Uh, the guy, the coach at Maryland, obviously, was kind of a little bit of a recluse, kind of a crazy guy, kind of built his program on being a nut, a nut job and wanting to find those crazy athletes. But, I mean, listen, Maryland football hasn't been good in decades. So I don't want to harp on that. But kind of describe to me what you think happened down in Maryland that day and what maybe we could do going forward. What's a good... What's a good process for the NCAA to follow so we ensure that 20, 19-year-old you know, men and women aren't you know, falling on the sports field dying? I mean, to put my two cents into it, it was tragic. He's a Big Ten brother, and you know it's really sad to hear about this because I played in division where we played Maryland every year. And it, it's just sad because, you know what, last year could have played against this boy. And you know what, like... Uh, who knows, you know, at Maryland, who knew what else was going on there? I mean, if, the, if it happened if it happened to this this kid, you know, it, it, I'm sure that the way this coach is coaching, it's been like that. And, you know, what? Maryland was a big contender. When I was getting recruited, I mean, I wanted to go to Maryland. They had, they had Brad Craddock there as a kicker, and this guy was out, out, outstanding. He was fantastic. Unfortunately, I don't think he got much, much time in the NFL as tough as a kicker. But I wanted to go there. And I went to the camps, and I was sending their special teams coordinator videos of me hitting 60 yards to prove to him I can make it there. And I never got a call back. And you know what? To think about it, I'm kind of glad. Looking back at it now. Because yeah, right. I probably would have played under this guy for probably two years. You know, if not, maybe a year. Right. And I think a big thing that shows with a head coach is their strength coach. The strength coach. I mean, Coach Parker, Coach Kenny Parker at Rutgers, I think is is such a fantastic guy on and off the field. You go to that man outside of practice and he will sit down with you like he's your father and he will talk to you and he will give you advice if you need it and he will tell you if you are doing wrong and he'll smack you in the back of the head and say, get it right. That's what I kind of alluded to, like when when this coach sat down in the living room of the parents and said, I will be 
this 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 boy's extended family. I'm gonna watch after him like he's my own son. I mean, how? Like, I don't know if he said that those exact words in his spiel, but I mean, I I, I gotta kind of believe that's kind of how you you recruit these kids. You know, of course. The, the ones who could play. You really want to convince them, hey, come to Maryland over this school, over that school. So you gotta have a you gotta have some, some kind of pitch, you know, to the family and to the to the ball player. You gotta recruit the parents. Exactly, and. I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, like, it just it seems like they've just failed this young man. Like, Absolutely. it was just a it just gross negligence on the part of the of the the strength coach, the head coach. And I mean, I think you told me did Rutgers have spotters or did they have like so medical staff? Had, yeah, explain to me the Rutgers medical staff. So Give them kudos. We have the head, absolutely. We had head trainer obviously, and we had about three or four you know assistant head trainers. Um, and these guys were certified. I mean, we had trainers that were with the NFL for years before they came to Rutgers. And, you know, I've been at previous colleges doing their thing for more than 10 years. And they knew what they are doing. And um, we had probably almost 15 interns. And the intern's job during the season, and even off-season, when we, when, we when we were doing conditioning, was to have the caddies of six, like, waters filled at every... At all times, and whenever and Coach Parker always said, if they raise that bottle to you, I don't care if you're about to throw up because you're so full of water, you take a sip. He That's said, brilliant. why? He brilliant. said, because durability is more important than ability, and that was one of the things he said that stuck with me. And I'm going to give all the credit to Coach Parker because that was just a good line, because it, it's true. If if you're if you're not durable, if you're not healthy, then what's the point of your ability? You have to be healthy to play. Exactly. Got to so be on the field. Durability is more important than ability. And you know what? It's, it's just how you have to stay hydrated. Hydration, you know, you keep your muscles nice and lubricated. They don't look like beef jerk. They're not tearing. <laughs> beef jerk. You know? Get hungry now. <laughs> and, but he's right, you know? And that's, it's just, you know, to withhold water, to withhold a break from somebody. I mean, he, Coach Parker would push us. Don't get me wrong. He would push us to a point where you stop running and your legs immediately get itchy because the lactic acid takes no time to rush right through your body. But at the same time, if you felt anything, if there was a tiny pinch, Coach Parker said, you come tell me and I will find something for you to do that's not gonna hurt you, but get you the work you need to become Big Ten material. Well, it seems like Rutgers at least had the, the safety of the players at hand. And obviously, you know, I can't say Maryland's, this is just a kind of a freak thing. It happens, it doesn't happen all the time, but you could tell that the coach lost his way, you know, was just trying to, that old school mentality of just, you know, tough it out, finish what you got to finish. And obviously, and unfortunately, this young man uh, lost his life, hopefully playing the sport that he loves and what have you. Well, David, I'll say you kicked that interview right through the field goal post. I want to test your knowledge now on a little NFL. But before I get there, let me ask you one last burning question. What does a college kicker do now after graduation do you have hopes for the nfl did you what was your what was your quickly if you can what was your background in college what you study if you did study bro come on let's be honest here you played football you hung out with you hung out the bar you played football you hung out the bar you know kind of rinse and repeat but go ahead tell everybody what you studied so you, your parents can feel obligated to be like oh yeah, yeah. i was a double major double major criminal justice lies. and sociology wow and a minor in labor studies because i had the credits so Mine why not well. Listen. So might as well. 
Um, and you know, right now, I mean, obviously, I'd hoped for, for the NFL. I had pro day at uh, at the Jets facility in Florham Park, and it went well. I nice really local well. team, local team. Oh, it was beautiful. I mean, it was a great day. We were in the indoor facility there. It was there was no elements. A kicker's dream. They're, they don't even have air conditioning in there, so there's no elements whatsoever. And let me tell you what, that really? is a specialist's dream. And uh, right now, obviously, the, the NFL thing didn't really work out. I had one year of film. That's kind of tough. You know, coaches aren't gonna aren't gonna want to have you if you have one one year of film. They're gonna want to see more, more. You know, which is okay. Which is you know, it's the reality of playing college sports. I mean, I played in the Big Ten, which is arguably one of the best conferences in college football. That's right. I and agree with that one. So right now, I'm working on becoming a police officer. Hopefully, oh, you know, I've always go. had. I've always had. You know the the thought of, of keeping people safe and wanting to help people and wanting to help people I don't even know. And I'm sure, you know, people that you know, I, I, I grew up with can tell you the same thing. So I'm working on becoming a police officer. Hopefully that pans out well. All right, listen, listen. You could be a kicker at 45 in the NFL. As long as that leg's still working, brother. You'll never know. Adam Vinatieri can attest to that That's one. right, he's still kicking balls. Listen, I think, I think you nailed it, brother. I, I, I wish you the best of luck out there. It was a pleasure to discuss with you the NCAA nonsense. I like your take on it. I believe you have, obviously, you have that firsthand knowledge being that student athlete. But let's get right down into some NFL talk. And, you know, I kind of danced around the preseason week three. Everyone says it's the dress rehearsal. Everybody wants to see the starters play a little longer. I mean, the preseason is such a bore because, you know, you're watching a bunch of players that you're probably not going to see again. You know, these guys are fighting for one of the spots on the 53-man roster. They're looking for spots on the practice squad. But they say the, week th- the preseason week three game is really the dress rehearsal. You may get starters through the first half. I know Jets, Giants, we saw a lot of Eli, a lot of Sam Darnold, which I will, I'll t- we'll touch on later. Uh, but I just kind of want to get your just feel around the NFL um, and your kind of thought on some of the issues that are pressing the NFL right now. Like, obviously, a lot of talk has been about these penalties and these hits, the lowering of the head. And, I mean, luckily for you, minus your high school game, you didn't get too many concussions theoretically, right? Yeah. And because uh, you weren't hit. Obviously, kickers don't get hit that often, but you do get hit. So I'll just give some quick stats real quick because, you know, the preseason, they threw a thousand and a half freaking flags for hits that were legal, illegal. Some were costly. Some weren't costly. Some were just kind of like, like you were dumbfounded. You're like, well, why'd you throw the flag there? And, you know, you don't want to see a regular season game, a postseason game, a game at the wire come down to one of these, one of these refs throwing a flag for one of these illegal hits uh, where the guy lowers his head and uses it as, a, you know. I mean, but that is such a hard rule, David, to, to kind of referee, right? I mean, like, I mean, you described to me how fast is the game. You know, it's it's in an instant things happen. Like like how do you how can we go? Like what like what do you think is obviously in week three they only threw I think nine total flags compared to I think twenty five and twenty six in the first wow. two preseason games. So you can see that they're not messing around. They just wanted to test it out. Test, you know, throw the water, see what everyone's reaction was, and everybody I think had a negative reaction. What do you think about having this 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 rule about the lowering the head? 15-yard penalty. Even offensive players now will get called for that penalty. Listen, I, I've seen, obviously in college football, big hits. The, you look up on Instant you, concussions, right? You look you up know on YouTube, it. big hits in college football. I mean, I've been on the sideline watching my friends get hit. 
and it just takes something out of you. One of your good buddies, right, Andre? Yeah. One of your room, well, I think you room with him too, right? One of yeah. your roommates. He 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 struggled with, with he concussions. Did. He did show with concussions, and I mean, he had a big hit in a game where they thought it was it was the end of his career. I mean, he got a stinger in his neck. He got a concussion, and he was out. I think for at least two weeks, and it was it was bad. And I I, I was living with him, and there were times where I'd get up and in the in the morning, and he'd get up, and he just looked very dizzy, confused. Just it didn't look good. You know, and that is kind of near and dear to my heart because of that. And also, you know, obviously a Rutgers alum, Eric LeGrand, you know, right now is, you know, going through that. And it's, it's the same, it's just, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, and I understand why the referees are throwing all these flags in there. It's all for player safety. And I understand these guys, they're taken away from their stats or they're taken away from, you know, their playtime. And, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's a fast game. And these refs are only human. And they, they, you know, they're seeing the game at the same speed that anybody else is seeing it. And if, if, if you have to replay it back and forth, back and forth, to, to just to see it, I mean, these guys, they have to throw the flag immediately. You know, they got to, and it's just, it's all about player safety, man. I mean, it's, it's bang, bang. Uh, and hopefully, uh, obviously, last year, the whole nonsense with the NFL was a catch rule. Looks like we kind of clarified that rule a little bit. We should know going forward this year what's a catch, what's, you know, what's not, hopefully. But I know this, I have a feeling you'll see a game or two affected by this stupid call. The ref's going to miss it. They can't review penalties, so it's going to be, it's just going to be your SOL and, you know, move on to the next play. Yeah. I kind of want to get your take, David, on some rookie QBs. Those have kind of been my bugaboo, you know, all preseason. I keep hearing on the radio, you know, this guy's got to start. This rookie's going to start. Well, if the preseason... Week three is the dress rehearsal. Bengals, I mean, Bills fans, I'd be a little worried about Josh Allen. Um, he, was, he struggled. He completed six of 12 passes for 34 yards Oof. in a half of football, David. That is not impressive at all. Not um, the NFL. Yeah, the dude has a howitzer for an arm. We get that. But, I mean, he's got to get wiser. You've got to pick up the blitzes. You've got to make sure you have the old line making the right reads, you know, making the right, making the right play call, getting your guys in and out of uh, audible, getting them to the line. It just seemed like he was a little bit overwhelmed when he got his first start. Um, I mean, so, I'll be honest with go you. Ahead. Going from high school to college, you know, it was a big change. In high school, you could be the MVP of your high school. But when you go to a, a Big Ten school, everybody there was the MVP of their high school. So you're now thinking that you're gonna you're gonna be the guy, and all of a sudden you get there, and all of the players you're playing against, trying to compete with, are at the same level, if not just a bit above you, or if you're you know you're one of those guys just a bit below you. But there's always competition, and I remember asking the QBs because they got, they got a lot to carry, you know, and um, we got uh, the the start of this this year coming uh, this Saturday against Texas State, Arter Sikowski, you know. And he's he's the third uh, third true freshman to ever start as a true freshman at in Rutgers history. I mean, I'm I'm assuming he's probably you know on cloud nine, but at the same time might be shit in his pants because he's got to play against some big dudes on college football. I can only imagine what it's like going from college to the NFL, because like I said, in college, yeah, the people get drafted, they're the MVPs, but then again, you go to the NFL. And all those guys are the MVPs of their college. So the talent just gets better and better. 
and you know it's it's tough playing in a, in a in a sport that's so fast and you need to know so many things and you know I think you got to let some guys grow but listen you're playing against grown men I mean some of these guys are 35 36 years old you're 21 22 come out of college yeah you know it's a whole different game all right moving right along a little bit of Colts and Niners talk a little little takeaway from their week three matchup David a lot of a lot of people are wondering it's been like I don't know, 18 months, 20 months, I don't know how long it's been since we've seen number 12 back there calling plays for the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck didn't have a starting uh, tackle, left tackle in there. Uh, so obviously you don't want to you know, leave Luck in there too long. So he only, threw, he only threw 32 attempts all preseason. But he was 20 of 32, 204 yards, and he had one touchdown pass. And none of their and Frank Reich, head coach, said none of their players are going to talk or not talk are going to play preseason week four. They'll you know they'll be ready for week one. What does that mean? What does it mean to a, to a team to have their to play their their shot caller back behind center, their number one guy, their big wig, their head honcho, the face of that franchise? David will finally be back under center come week one. I mean that's just gotta. I mean they were they were like doldrum. They were in the bottom of the of the NFL last year, and you saw he takes crap and brings him to 11-5 AFC championship game when he's healthy. If Andrew Luck can get back to being Andrew Luck, I mean, what does that say about the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, listen, I just, just I'm, I'm also pulling a lot of this stuff from Mary playing in college football. I mean, it's high-level football, but it's not like the NFL. When you have a quarterback who, who can make a decision on a dime, and it's a good decision, I mean, I've been in practices, in practices, where the tempo of the practice has completely changed because Coach Ash threw a different quarterback in there. Maybe it wasn't the starter, but who the team, the team, the players, the guys who are making the touchdowns, the guys who are making the blocks, changed their morale in practice. You know, completely... Talking about it. practice? Talking <laughs> about practice? Yo, shout out Allen Iverson. I love that rant. <laughs> Anytime someone says practice, I just gotta, I just gotta jump in. But I'm t- it's, there's something about it. When you have a quarterback back, when you have a quarterback behind center who knows what they're doing and has the team's trust in them, I mean, it, the sky's the limit. That's, yeah, listen, we all look, Indianapolis for sure hopes Andrew Luck is healthy. They started to bolster that offensive line a little bit. You saw him dra- you know, drop down in the draft, tra- trade with the Dretz to get that six pick, get that big beast. I think he's out of Notre Dame. Uh, the offensive lineman, so hopefully we'll see the Colts. I mean, that's a tough division. You got the Jaguars, you also got Houston, and you got Tennessee. I mean, those are all top-notch teams. That's a, they'll be fighting that through. I only bring up Niners talk because I love to talk smack on my brother, who's a diehard Niner fan. Your mother is a diehard Niner fan. My mother-in-law <laughs> loves the Niners, and you know they went from I think what were they five and five and eleven last year, six and ten, whatever they were, whatever their record was. Mm. Now everyone thinks they're likely to be in the Super Bowl. Because of, because of Mr. Jimmy G, he was 5-0 and at the end of last season. But in the preseason, David, they struggled to finish in the red zone. And as a, as a coach, I mean, what, what did Coach Ash say about the red zone? I mean... What was his philosophy about the red zone? I mean, and the red zone... You got to score. He doesn't want three points. No. He Unfortunately, it sucks for three. you. And he always said, sorry, kickers, but I don't want you on the field or in the red zone. He said, unless it's an extra point, that's it. He goes, no ifs, ands, no buts about it. Just 
just he wants touchdowns, 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 touchdowns. So, I mean, yeah, the Niners made some moves. They're still young. I still think they're a few games away. Six, maybe, maybe go seven and nine this year, eight and eight. I don't see much out of them. Not too many weapons. They struggled. I said they struggled end of last year. They were ranked twentieth out of thirty-two in you know in red zone in, a, in red zone completions for touchdowns and points. So, I still think they're going to be a little bit of trouble. That division's kind of weak. Arizona, not really strong. I, I believe Sam Bradford will start a quarterback. I don't think uh, Josh Rosen is ready yet, even though he wants to start. Uh, you know, you don't know about Seattle. The Legion of Boom back there is gone. Only, only, only Earl Thomas is left, and he wants out. So, I mean, is he really gonna? How much is he gonna give to Seattle because he wants out? Obviously, you gotta give 110 percent because if you don't, you can get your ass kicked on that football field. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, he's gonna bring the pain. But you don't know what that's going to be like because they've lost a whole shit ton of uh, talent. Yeah. With the Colts, I just got to give a shout out to my boy, Kamoko Ture. There you go. Shout out, all the Ruck- shout out all the Ruckers players. I got it. the NFL, bro. That's impressive. And I hope to God he does well. I mean, last uh, he had, you know, just one assist so past weekend, but it's something. It's in the stat sheet. Listen, in the stat sheet. That's exactly what it is. You'll see you know, him preseason week four for sure. This guy at Rutgers, Kamoko, was a freak of nature. He was one of the best athletes I've ever. He could do it. He, it was unbelievable, and he was a big, solid dude. You can't teach size, and he can't, he was he was big and quick and got around those tackles and was a nightmare to the quarterbacks. I remember hearing that name quite often by the announcer. <clears throat> Ravens versus Dolphins. Not too much to talk about the Dolphins. Andrew's not here. So I don't want to hear nothing about your Dolphins, Andrew. <laughs> we'll go with Ravens because the Ravens have an interesting, interesting dilemma brewing at quarterback. David, they drafted a rookie as well, not in the top ten, but you know, in, early in the first round in Lamar Jackson, and he mm-hmm. kind of struggled over uh, the beginning few preseason series. He's, he's he's widely inaccurate, doesn't really throw a deep ball, but the kid's got some legs, and a, you know, a, in, I guess to his detriment. His natural, you know, thought process is if the play breaks down, he's just gonna run for it. And in college, you know, like you said, you you were the MVP, you're the talent, you're the fastest guy on the, you know, on the field, let's say. But when you go to the pros, it's a whole different ball game. And I don't think that kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't still see a running quarterback working in the NFL. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson works, but he's not running. You know, he just runs out of necessity. He doesn't, he doesn't. There's not a set series of plays for him. I don't think he's gonna start. Obviously, Joe Flacco is is the is is the starting quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. He's their Super Bowl winning quarterback. He got paid handsomely, I think, two years ago. So I think they just leave Lamar Jackson in in holding. But now, what do you do with RG three, who himself has played a pretty good, decent preseason? I don't think you're going to carry three quarterbacks going into the. To, I, I, it doesn't make sense if you're the Ravens, and if you drafted Lamar Jackson that high. You got to think that if Joe Flacco goes down with injury, that Lamar Jackson could step in, mm-hmm. or do you keep RG three, and then and keep Lamar Jackson, and you know you figure it out from there. But I mean, what is what are your thoughts on having a three-headed monster at QB? Listen, RG three. I mean, Lamar Jackson is like honestly, in my eyes, is like a young RG three. He at his prime. RG three. RG three's rookie year was sick. I mean, he was running the ball. He was he was throwing bombs. It was just, he was great. Lamar Jackson, you know, like you said, like I said, in college, you're the MVP. 
His legs got him to the draft. I believe I said that. You copied me. Stop <laughs> trying to take credit for my stuff. His Don't legs that got him to the draft. I mean, he could run fat. It was just, watching him on TV was just unbelievable. Probably doesn't even do it justice watching him on TV. <sighs> I mean, probably in real life, it's probably even more, even, more out of control. I'm, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's interesting. It's an interesting thing. You know, usually you do see that they just carry two quarterbacks. And obviously if they carry three quarterbacks, they got to cut somewhere else. Because it's a 53-man roster. And there's no 54, man. You know, it's yeah. all 53. So you got to cut and, somewhere uh, else. One of those QBs is where it's holding a clipboard anyway. Exactly. So we'll keep it going. I want to talk on a little bit Jaguars-Falcons. Obviously two teams on the rise. Jacksonville lost the AFC Championship game. Had a lead against Tom Brady. Couldn't hold it. And obviously Jalen Ramsey talking so much smack. you got to love him anytime he's at the podium. But I want to really talk about the Falcons because they are – they are struggling. Matt Ryan, I mean, I think he got sacked 18 times against the Jaguars. And that defense, I mean, yeah, the Jaguars have a good defense and they get after the quarterback. But Matt Ryan looks lost out there. They just repaid Julio Jones. They got your boy Sanu from Rutgers. Sanu. That's right, shout out. More Rutgers players. And they got, and they signed the draft pick out of Alabama, Calvin Ridley. So they definitely have a lot of talent on the outside. The running game, Devonta Freeman. But they are str- they, they I think they were 0-5 on third downs. They totaled less than 100 yards in the first half. I mean, it was kind of almost not embarrassing, but you saw it, when the Jacksonville defense puts pressure on the offense, it was almost suffocating. Listen, all I got to say, my Rutgers boy, Sanu. He's crushing. Watch out. Watch out. All he right, listen. Kill, oh, killing it. He could throw – you've seen him throw a touchdown. I mean, that guy, he at Rutgers – He, he left Southpaw. He hit a 60-yard field goal. That, at, I mean, it was a practice, but he, he hit a 60-yard field goal. I mean, that he could do it all. Watch out. Listen, I'll take your word for it. A little more intrigue. Pittsburgh, Tennessee Titans. I'm interested to see Pittsburgh. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell going to go with the franchise tender again. Going to get paid handsomely, I don't know, $15, 16000000 million a year. Not a shabby salary for six months' worth of work. I'd take it. You got Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Suster. They have an explosive offense, but really their defense is what really shone through uh, against the Titans. They smothered Mariota. They kept the ground game with Derrick Henry on, you know, almost non-existent. So you'll see, you know, moving forward, Tennessee. Mariota will always be kind of in the same same conversation as Jameis Winston. You know, those two obviously all the quarterbacks always get drafted together. Our rookie class this year of 2018, those five guys will get. You know, we'll get lumped together forever. Unfortunately, Mariota and Winston will always be, be weighed at 1-1-A. One, one mm-hmm. And obviously Winston having a little bit of trouble right now. But I, I think Mariota's poised to take that next step. I mean, he has all the weapons in Tennessee. They have a lot of young wide receivers. I think big things out of Corey Davis this year. I like the running game. They have Derrick Henry. They, I think they signed every ex-Patriot off the scrap heap. You know, <laughs> we'll call Tennessee New England South. Uh, you know, anything you want to add. Any Rutgers players? Play for Tennessee or uh, or Pittsburgh. You want to shout out? Because I'll shout out Jesse James, Pittsburgh baby, Penn State. <laughs> I'll go all day with you, son. Uh, Tennessee Titans. I know they had one of the Cordy brothers, but now he, he's now on the Patriots. Uh, you got both of them now. They the whole, they are both there, and they when they are together, oh, it is it, it is, is trouble. It is something else. Jets Giants. Did you watch any Jets Giants? I know you're kind of a Giants fan. I feel oh. like you root for the you root for the blue. <laughs> I do. But you, you basically just revolt kickers, I feel like. You just want the kickers you know to do what? well. I, I do. I watch the kickers because I can see it on TV. 
Yeah, I can I can see from the angle they put it. I can see where their plant foot is. That's how much I've done it. The last you know? the last ten seasons, ten seasons. Last ten starts to the season. A rookie QB has been at the helm. Do you think the Jets will start Sam Darnold? There's a lot going around with him. You know, people people really like him. People like him. People like what he's about. You know, they want to see the Jets do well. Um, I think the way they're going at it, the way he's looking, I don't see why not. I mean, give the guy a shot. He did great at USC, if I'm not wrong. God, and listen, his sophomore year, he, he trounced my Penn State defense in the Rose Bowl. I so mean, I know firsthand he, what the man's capable of. He's got an arm on him, and he's a smart kid. He's, not, he's no dope. He yes. knows what he's doing back there. I mean, that's, that's, why, he, that's why he's there. Listen, that's why he's in the league. He, he, he very much reminds me. Of, of, of Eli Manning because, and I say that, uh, I, don't, I think it's honestly a credit to, to Eli Manning because obviously as a Homer Giant fan, I know we had on the, the Dab podcast a long time ago, we discussed, you know, Hall of Famer, is he Hall of Famer? But, I mean, Sam Darnold, he'll make every throw. He's not afraid to be the gunslinger. He turns the ball over. He had, I think, 22 last year at USC, which, you know, won't equate to the pros. You can't turn the ball over in the NFL, David. You know that coaches don't like that. Mm-hmm. You can't be given short fields in the NFL to you know opposing teams because they're going to put up seven. So, so you don't want that. So he's going to have to work on ball security. That's first and foremost. Listen, I mean, I know we didn't going off the QB thing real quick. I know we didn't see Saquon Barkley running the ball for the G-men. You know, the rest up, day. brother. Rest up, twenty-six. Rest up. But you know what? Another boy from Rutgers, Rob Martin. Rob Martin running back. Another there you go. Back. Shout him out. Listen. From, from Rutgers on the New York Giants, a big blue. I mean, listen, this is a guy who has worked his butt off to get where he is. You know, he, was, he wasn't taking any, and he was, he, was, he was just taking what he can get, and he was going with it. He was running, he was running through people, running around people. This guy was quick. He was good. He's got skill. And I think, if I'm not wrong, uh, on, on my Fox, Fox Go app or Fox Now, Fox Sports is, Go, whatever Fox it is. Sports Go. He was shout out future sponsor, perhaps. <laughs> he was one of the top performers in weeks one and two. There you go. As a running back, I mean, he Listen. was doing well. Listen, he he only had seven attempts. Uh, he had seven attempts and forty-seven yards and one touchdown. Week two. Week I mean, two. This guy Listen, was doing Sign him well. up. Sign him up, David. Put this him guy on the was squad. Doing well. And you know what? They were talking about him. Is he going to make the fifty-three-man roster? I mean, I hope to God. I would love to see some guy like that who doesn't stop working. You got to find out for me. I need you to ask him because. His his buddy his teammate got paid today, Mr. Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. got paid. I wanna you gotta ask him did Odell take him out for a steak <laughs> dinner in the city yeah. on Odell as yeah. it scrolls across the screen right now five year deal ninety five million dollars sixty five guaranteed it's a team it's actually a team friendly deal when you break down the numbers it makes Odell the highest paid wide receiver makes him happy it makes the Giants happy because now we have our we have our ace in the hole. We have our, our, our number one wide out because if you take him off the, off the field, you saw what kind of our offense is, and it looks like it's playing in molasses. With him on the field, it totally makes an offense dynamic. It adds more pressure to the defense. You gotta, obviously, you're going to have to not double him, but you're going to have to count for him. He's going to open up the lane for, for Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram, hopefully he gets through the concussion nonsense. He comes back week one. He'll be, you know, it's year two for him, so it's a big campaign for him to step up. Obviously, Saquad's going to run rampant. Our O-line getting better. Defense is still a little suspect, David. I'm not going to lie to you. 
I know defense wasn't your side of the ball. We're going with the rookie cooker, kicker, it looks like, still. Rosas still kicking yeah. the ball. Um, so Listen, he's doing well right now. He had a 55-yarder. Listen, he's doing pretty good. I, at this point, I'll take accuracy over anything else. He's 100% right now in preseason. I mean, he's 5 for – he's uh, – I don't know what exactly it is, but he's 100% and he had a 55-yarder. That's, that's no, you know, chip shot. 55-yarder, I mean, on those uprights – and the college NFL uprights are the same thing. They're 18 feet and a quarter. 18 and a quarter feet wide. You know? Or yards wide. And it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. You know, it's really interesting. And it's just, when you're back 55 yards, I mean, it's different. That's it looks, far. It, lo- it looks those, thin. Those uprights got to be tiny. They are. That's got to be tiny. You know what? But when you kick through it your whole, not your whole life, but when you're kicking through those most of your time, it's easy. You know, it's, it's obviously, it's a skill that you... You build up, but after a while, you just kind of get out there. You don't have to look at the uprights. You just know where, where to go. It's all muscle memory. Let you me ask, let me ask you now. Kicking footballs back in your in your backyard, in the front, through through trees, <laughs> through the telephone pole, around the around the woods to grandma's house. You went. Did you happen to break any windows in your house by chance? <laughs> well, this was not football, but this was a soccer ball, and I was this, I was younger, man, but I was. One of my brothers, Alex, one of his friends was rolling a soccer ball, and I was swinging on the swings, and I wanted to see if I could kick a ball over the house. Well, I guess I tried to kick the ball through the house. It went right, right through, through my the window. parents' window. Well, now you should have called. You should have called Hawthorne Glass. That's right, folks. Hawthorne Glass. 973-427-4344. Call Angelo. Have his team come out and look at that broken window. If you want to update your update your bathroom, get a beautiful, elegant shower door. If you want to change out the old thermopane, you want a sliding glass doors fixed. You need anything in the glass industry, you name it. Angelo will take care of it, folks. He's got three plus decades of quality service in the glass industry. Again, his number is nine seven three four two seven four three four four. And if you mention Dab Podcast. He will give you 15% off your purchase. I mean, David, we are giving away shit on the podcast for you people. I hope you're taking advantage. Because like I said, Angelo Rinaldi, Hawthorne Glass, you love him. You know what he sponsors. It's our What Do You Got segment. Unfortunately, Andrew's not here. Let me go first. I'm going to go. I'm going college football, Andrew. That's right. David, you heard it here first. I'm going college football. It's back. It's going to be Saturday, September 1st, Labor Day weekend, a 3.30 start. And it's two top 10 teams already, David, going to be playing. We got the Washington Huskies versus number nine, Auburn Tigers. And I just, I just want to see. I want to see some college football. I can't wait. I'm going to go with the upset. Even though Washington's ranked, Auburn's favorite for you degenerate gamblers out there. That means Washington's the underdog. I'm going Washington. I just think Jake Browning is going to have a year. He's a smart quarterback coming back in that Chris Peterson offense. And I just think Washington is going to take him to the house. That was a fun guy to watch, Jake Browning. Jake Browning. Dude's got a cannon too. He's a smart quarterback. Another, another kind of like a similar that, that Pac-12, USC, Sam Darnold mix. You know, they just have that kind of – the Pac-12 just kind of makes those kind of quarterbacks. And Andrew's taking Kershaw versus Grinky. It's an August 34th, August 31st. It's Friday night. The L.A. 
LA Dodgers need to start winning because they're trailing Arizona right now in the wild card race. We're going to get into baseball talk, Andrew. When you get back, I think we should do a whole dab on it because we could easily talk baseball on this MLB playoff race 100%. So that's what you got, folks, for your what do you got. Anthony's going college football, Washington versus Auburn. Andrew's going Kershaw Goat versus Grinky. Back on the diamond. Kid loves the diamond. Can't get enough of the diamond. And frankly, I can't get enough of you. David, I want to thank you. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Hopefully, we'll get you back here again soon. Before we leave, I got to wrap it up with this, folks. I want to remind you that VM Sports, our close friends of the Dab Podcast, is hosting a 20-year reunion with some great Yankee ball players. And alongside the Dab Podcast, Andrew will be doing a little question and answer. Myself and Ray Digby will be hosting a red carpet event, you know, wine and dining, just having a great time talking Yankee baseball, living with some legends. Check out underscore VM Sports on Instagram. You'll see they have all these promo codes going on. I believe 25 bucks off your, your ticket purchase if you do it in August. If for our local, our, our local, our loyal DAB listeners, use promo code DAB and you'll get 25% off your total ticket purchase, which is great. And it's just, it's going to be a great night. We got Jeff Nelson, Tanyan Sturtz, Charlie Hayes, and Shane Spencer all in the house, all willing to hang out, answer your questions, sign a few things, eat a steak dinner, have a little booze. It'll be a fantastic time. And again, that is, the website is vm-sports.com. Check out that event i believe it is december 2nd it's coming right around the corner it'll be a great gift for any yankee fan in your life again folks the dab podcast is the official sports podcast of the guy in the tie head over to digmenation.com check out all the official digme gear tillies bloomingdales lids i mean this guy is going to be global before you know it get on the train while it's hot david any last words brother I'll see you in the pool because I got to get out of here. All I got to say is go RU this weekend against Texas State. I know you guys are going to crush it. I know my boys, the specialists, Lil J, Billy Taylor, Adam Corsack, you know, Matthew Sportelli, Austin Rosen. You guys are going to crush it, and I can't wait to watch you on Saturday. I've been screaming until my freaking lungs give out. Go RU. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. D. Double A B podcast, and we are at. No. Me gusta así, pa pa. Me gusta así, pa pa. Sabroso. Me gusta así, pa pa. Me gusta.